The original interactive podcast. If enough of you buy it, we put it on. It's still number one. It's the 2000s chart show. Thank you very much for Fern and Sarah for that introduction. Welcome to the 2000s chart show. The chart show celebrating the music of the 2000s by exploring the UK top 40 from 20 years ago today. I'm your host, Samuel Spencer, and we have some big tunes to look forward to this week from Christine Aguilera, Jennifer Lopez, and Danny Minogue. And speaking of Danny Minogue, we might even have a sneaky little interview with Miss Minogue to come later in the show, so look forward to that. But first, let's get into the spirit of the 21st of June, 2003. Throw your podcast in the bin. Smash your iPhones into smithereens. Find that old Nokia in the cupboard and let's relive our youths. This week, 20 years ago, on the 20th of June, was the last ever episode of Play Your Cards Right, the Bruce Forsyth show that somehow managed to get a whole hour out of people deciding whether cards were higher or lower. It was a different time. This is another instance of a classic of the 90s coming to an end in the 2000s and the 2000s taking off to become a decade on its own. However, some of the things from 2003 are still, unfortunately, very much in our world. The 21st of June, so today, when this comes out 20 years ago, J.K. Rowling released the fifth Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. That is the one, of course, featuring Professor Umbridge, who, of course, J.K. Rowling would slowly transform into over the next two decades. Very much a milestone in its own right there. We have 13 new entries on the chart so let's get going number 40 in its fifth week on the chart this is lisa scott lee with lately Lisa Scott Lee there, that was down from 31 last week and probably in its fifth and final week on the chart as many of these songs that are in the 40 to 30 region probably we are saying goodbye to. It is with a less heavy heart than saying goodbye to Lisa Scott Lee that we say goodbye to the frankly sexist Women by Ashley Hamilton down to 39 in its second week. So not a great start to your pop career there, Ashley Hamilton. That may be why even I had to Google you when your song came up last week. So here's Women, of course, written by Robbie Williams. Why didn't Robbie Williams sing it himself, you think? Well, take a listen and you'll know why. So that was 
Ashley Hamilton at 39. And at 38, unfortunately, we continue the misogyny because this is, frankly, one of the most poisonous songs I've ever heard in the short time we've been doing this podcast. This is a new entry at 38 by Violent Delight with All You Ever Do. listen to that and you're thinking oh violent delight they are just innocuous pop punk what's the problem with that and i thought that too until i looked at the itunes listing for violent delights all you ever do and so on the album version its full title is all you ever do bracket the slut who loved me very weird that because the slut who loved me is not actually in the lyrics they had absolutely no reason to include it. They just decided this song is just not poisonously sexist enough. So we must let everyone know that we really hate women. And this is just the tip of the misogynist iceberg for Violent Delight. So a little bit of background about this band. So they are, despite the fact that they sing in that wainy American pop punk voice, they are in fact from St. Albans. It's about as far from California as you can get mentally, if not geographically it's irritating when american people do that wainy american bat punk voice so you can only imagine how i feel about someone from st albans doing it then there's the matter of one of their other songs which preceded all you ever do on the chart which is called i wish i was a girl here's some sample lyrics and trigger warning these are hateful i wish i was a girl so i'd see more tits i wish i could jack by dipping in a pit that's that's the opening line that's how it starts if they say start as you mean to go on, then we're in a lot of trouble here. It's really the lyrical equivalent of knocking on someone's door and then they open it and they just projectile vomit all over you. That's how it feels to listen to I Wish I Was a Girl, which actually gets worse. But if I was a girl, I couldn't drive no more because I couldn't tell the difference between the clutch and the door. I'd get mood swings and I'd have to shave my pits, but I wouldn't really care because I would have massive tits. I wouldn't have to put up with erections all the time. I'd get a better job when performing 69. So the first part of that is just a series of misogynist stereotypes that women can't drive and they have mood swings all the time. But that last line is very puzzling. I'd get a better job when performing 69. So this guy in saying that he wants to be a woman is also saying that in a 69 he'd rather be performing fellatio on a penis than cunnilingus on a vagina which is a very strange thing to admit in a song in a kind of straight pop punk song that you wish you were sucking dick this is i know it's pride month but not every coming out story is clearly equal and if that is his way of coming out then i want none of it the gays are going to vote and uh, reject your application to the community, I think. That's luckily all we'll, we'll ever have to talk about with Violent Delight. So that's a relief. But we, it is worth mentioning that that is something that we have to acknowledge about 2003 as a time. It's all fun and games to be like, haha, David Snedden wasn't Danny Minogue great. That's, of course, very important in this podcast and we love doing it. But we also, you have to acknowledge that just how prevalent racism, homophobia and misogyny were 20 years ago. So the music may have been the peak of civilization, but certainly the ways that people thought weren't. We're acknowledging that and we're moving on from violent delight. Uh, or should I say violent to shite. They're officially, I'm going to insert a boo there because this band has disgusted me, to be honest. Boo! 
Anyway, so that's the last we'll be hearing of them. But 37, another new entry from a woman that, thank goodness, we're going to hear a lot more from. So this is Jamelia featuring Ra Digger with Bout. That's new at 37. This is the first single from Jamelia's second album, Thank You, which if you're not up with Jamelia, firstly, you're missing out. And secondly, this is the album that has Superstar, Thank You, See It In A Boy's Eyes. It does make you wonder, why the hell was Bout the first single? When you had all of those lined up, apparently I looked at this song and it features a sample from Gonna Fly Now from Rocky. You know, the song that goes... And so the only explanation that i have about why bout was the first single on this album was because they had spent so much on getting that sample that they had to recoup it somehow by making it the first single either that or just everyone on her record label was deranged because the idea when you have superstar of putting out bout first incredibly puzzling let alone the song i think is her masterpiece in this album see it in a boy's eyes something i didn't know about this album though when i was looking up about was that it was actually jamelia in 2004 nominated for the mercury prize for this album which actually is pretty incredible i just considered her as what a you know run-of-the-mill pop girly but no she's a she's a critically acclaimed fox thank you by jamelia nominated in this fascinating list of 2004 nominees so franz ferdinand snow patrol keen the streets Joss Stone, The Zootons, and Basement Jacks, and Amy Winehouse. So incredibly 2004 list. And I know the purpose of this podcast is to stand the pop girlies in many ways. So I should pick Amy Winehouse or Jamelia, but I am Team Franz Ferdinand on that one. And they were the eventual winners. Sorry, this is the, uh, you've heard of Indy Kylie. Well, this is Indy Samuel. I'm uh, coming out as someone who whisper it likes indie sometimes as well as pop girlies but i do love jamelia if nothing else she gave us javine is a slag <laughs> how could you say such a thing no she really is a slag <laughs> yes and it's true because javine is a slag i've heard for legal reasons i have to say i've heard and i the only person i've heard it from is jamelia but i believe her whereas number 36 are two women you should almost certainly never believe so this is down from 26 in its fourth week. This is Tattoo with Not Gonna Get Us. Starting from here, let's make a promise. You and me, let's just be honest. We're gonna run. Nothing can stop us, even the night that falls all around us. At that point, I was going to play a 2023 version of Not Gonna Get Us because Tattoo have reformed and have been touring. But then I realised that the tour is entirely of Russia in 2023, not the best optics. And one of them is still, let's not forget, a full-on homophobe, as we uncovered in a 2014 interview in which she said that she couldn't support having a gay son. But her homophobia had been hiding in plain sight for some time. So this week I uncovered a 2012 interview with the website Moomuse. Presumably all the other website names were taken. So Lena, in this interview, who 
if we remember, is the good one. She's Glinda the Good Witch of Tattoo. I haven't seen Wicked, so it might be that that's kind of an ironic name. But as far as I'm concerned, Good Witch. Anyway, so Lena says, We were supporting LGBT. I think that now in Russia it is tougher than it was 10 years ago. I displayed a show in St. Petersburg on the last day of a queer fest to support LGBT. The situation is really difficult now. It is sad that people are being aggressive, not tolerant, when we need to respect each other and love each other for who we are, not for who we are sleeping with. Exactly. Lena, totally right there. And then Julia, on the surface, it seems that she's agreeing with what her bandmate is saying. So she says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Each person has the right to exist on a different level. The main thing that burned in my eyes was love and the desire to live. Sounds supportive, but she never actually mentions LGBT people by name. And so, because we know what she goes on to think, Maybe we can read between the lines a little bit here. She says, Don't judge me and you will not be judged. Translation, Don't judge me for being a homophobe and I won't judge you for being a dirty shirtlifter. Number two, each person has the right to exist on a different level. Yeah, a different level of homophobia. Preferably high. And then the main thing that burned in my eyes was love and the desire to live. Yeah, the main thing that burned in my eyes was the desire to live as a homophobe. Tattoo decoded there. One thing I didn't mention over the last few weeks if we've been talking about tattoo was that the reason that they discovered that Tattoo weren't lesbians, and this is brilliant, was because Julia got pregnant. I would have said, you know, if you're trying to keep up the pretense that you're lesbians in 2003, you had one job and you messed it up, Julia. Tattoo there at number 36. This may be the last time we're talking about not going to get us. And from one iconic duo to another, for maybe the last time at 35 down from 28, Craig David and Sting's Rise and Fall. Blinded by all the pretty girls I see I'm beginning to lose my integrity Sometimes in life you feel the fight is over Over And it seems as though the ride is on the wall Superstar you finally made it But once your picture becomes tainted It's what they call Rise and fall. Babes, you've gone from number two to number five to eight to ten to nineteen to twenty-eight and now to thirty-five. Uh, I think it's what they call the At number thirty-four. Good Charlotte with girls and boys. And shopping sprees, these are a few of her from 29 in its sixth week on the chart i realize i have been calling it boys and girls for the last few weeks which is not actually what it's called it's called girls and boys there's no excuse for that really because you know it is the only song that's called boys and girls or girls and boys are you looking for a good time Glad, 
Glad to use that clip one last time before that song falls out of the chart. But of course, the only boys and girls we really care about on the 2000s chart show are the cheeky boys and the cheeky girls at number 33 with Take Your Shoes Off. and Gabriella and you are so right Disco Fever never dies to 32 in its second week on the chart down to 20 Io's at the end have a review here from smash hits this is from ian eddie who as frequent listeners know is now my nemesis for his constant three-star reviews of great songs like free me by emma and this is another three guitar review from him i think this one might be fair enough i think this is a solid three-star song but he says in case you're wondering who the hell io are you'll probably have heard of their debut single rapture at the end of 2001 despite the weird name oh and the fact they seem to take longer to make one single than most bands take to record an entire album this is a pretty smooth house track that will probably stick to the radio like a dead hedgehog to tarmac quite the image there from ian eddie this is one of those moments when you realize that you're closer to your enemies than you realize because it's basically everything i said about io last week so maybe the long feud between me and ian eddie that he has no idea exists is finally over So that's a cause of celebration, unlike this new entry at 31. Quite a bizarre artefact here. Something that I hadn't even heard of before I put together this show. So I wonder if there's anyone here who can remember at 31, a new entry from Lemonescent with Cinderella. As a pop gay of a certain age, it is an automatic reflex in me to try and stan any flop girl band ever. Girls can't catch, brilliant. Girl thing, give me all you've got. Clear, I'll download it. But Lemonescent has defeated me on this. It really makes it hard to support every flop girl band. Let me break down everything that I find strange and objectionable about Lemonescent. Firstly, there's that name, which is atrocious. It really sounds like your mum who's trying to buy you a single for your birthday and so goes to the record store, but she doesn't know what Evanescence are called. So she's like, oh, can I get the one from that band? Oh, you know, the sad one with the girl... Oh yeah, Lemonescent, that's it. Yeah, can I get Lemonescent, please? It's the kind of name that sounds like it's trying to be a pun on something, but isn't actually a pun. It's like, what does it mean? Is it a pun on Lemonescence? Like, essence of a lemon? I mean, that's not actually a thing, so that doesn't make sense. Is it supposed to be pronounced Lemonescent or Lemonescent? I mean, that makes more sense, but then that doesn't factor in that Lemonescent is also an awful name of its own right. And that's not the only awful thing about Lemonescent or Lemonescent or Lemonescent. There's also the single cover for Cinderella. No picture has ever given Year 11 prom more than the single cover for Cinderella. Everyone is in pink satin. Someone has a tiara on. The whole thing looks like a Jane Norman store threw up on these girls. It's atrocious styling. So there's the bad name, bad image, 
Then there's the fact that the band used to be sent on road shows up and down the UK, touring with one of our favourite 2000s chart show flop boy bands, Triple Eight. Truly a curse flop lineup of Triple Eight and Lemonescent, or Lemony Scent, or Lemonescent. I think if you saw Lemonescent and Triple Eight perform, there would be such an air of failure about it that it might actually put a hex on you and would stop any of your endeavours succeeding for at least seven years after you'd seen them. By the way, if Lemonescent or Triple Eight did put a hex on you, feel free to email us at the 2000schartshow at gmail.com. And this all pales in comparison to this song, which can never decide whether it wants to be a sassy girl band anthem or a trance track and so ends up as neither. I mean nothing to latch onto there. To be fair to Lemonescent, who I'm sure are lovely girls trying their absolute best, there are some things that I like about them. We may be damning with faint praise, but I do like that one of their members is called Leona Skimming, which really sounds like an Enid Blyton character in quite a pleasing way. And then there's the scandal of Lemonescent, which isn't just that their name is scandalously bad. No, there's a real scandal. So their follow-up to Cinderella was a song called Unconditional Love, which was released in September 2003. It was on course to get them their biggest hit. In the midweek chart, it was at number 20, compared to this, which was at number 31. So big upward trajectory there. But then it was removed from the UK Top 40 because of suspicions of chart rigging by people who were buying the single in bulk. And this is this from the Wikipedia. It was confirmed by the official charts company that hundreds of copies of the single were being bought in bulk in and around Glasgow, which is where Lemonescent were based. Yeah, they were centre of a bulk buying CD single scandal. From even doing this podcast for less than two months, we knew and we suspected that some people were getting their chart positions by buying singles in bulk. But seeing it confirmed like this and someone being so bad at it that they got caught is very gratifying. I feel like I've kind of been given a small peek into the way the real world really works, which is very exciting. So thank you to that for Lemonescence, but no thank you to everything else that you do. Let's head on to number 30, a person who doesn't need bulk buying to stay in the chart because he's in his eighth week. Here's DMX with X Gone Give It To You. Yeah. I am like, so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I break who you sending me. You motherfucker never wanted nothing but your life saved. Demo, that's on the light day, I'm getting down, down. Like it said, freeze. But won't be the one ending up on his knees. Please, but the only thing you can't steal was came out to play. Stay out my way, motherfuckers. We gonna rock, then we gonna roll, then we let it pop. Don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya. He gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya. Yes, that means that DMX has been giving it to ya for eight weeks straight, so he must be very exhausted. Luckily, the next song in the chart is a chill vibes summer banger. We complained that it was unfair that it only got to number 14 last week. And it's even more unfair that it's dropped 15 places in its second week to number 29. But we still love it. We are spearheading the revival of this song. So watch this space for Melanie C with On The Horizon.
Love you, Melanie. One thing we don't love, though, although we do feel sorry for the way they were completely humiliated on Top of the Pops 20 years ago. You can listen to the last episode or visit our Instagram at the 2000s Chart Show to see the exact moment in which One True Voice's souls left their body. This is, as I said there, One True Voice with Shakespeare's Way with Words, an 18-place drop from number 10 to number 28. that 18 place drop it's no wonder that the band shortly broke up after this song and so i would say they probably have at least one more week in the chart but in case they don't let's talk a little bit now about what happened to one true voice after their 15 minutes of fame as a pop stars arrival band was over one true voice is made up of anton matt keith daniel and jamie so in june 2003 daniel pierce left the group to pursue a solo career After that, the band released another single, but then they had to cancel a tour due to poor ticket sales. Nothing that bulk buying singles can do. People just don't want to see you live. Then the group topped a poll for Britain's worst group, and by August 2003, the group had disbanded without releasing an album. So since then, Anton tried to get on the X Factor in 2006, but tragically, this is actually a real shame, he couldn't even get to the judges. So if you don't know how the X Factor works, there's a stage before anything goes on camera in which you go to the auditions and producers hear people sing and then they decide who gets to go on to sing in front of the judges. And Anton didn't even make it past that round, which is particularly tragic when you think that what a great narrative it would have been to have had someone who was on Popstars The Rivals that Louis Walsh mentored to some extent, then coming back for The X Factor. But despite the fact that Anton didn't get onto The X Factor, these boys did not learn their lesson with The X Factor. Matt, for example, he got onto The X Factor a few years later, but was kicked off at boot camp. And then Daniel tried out for The X Factor in 2009. These guys really needed to warn each other about what a bad mistake this was. But he got kicked off at judges' houses, so he did the best, but still no cigar. Keith, meanwhile, went for a totally different track and tried for The Voice US because he had moved to Chicago in the 2000s. He made it to the live shows, so better than all of his fellow One True Voice members. But then he was kicked out in the first show. Poor One True Voice. I don't know what it says about the progression of talent shows from Popstars Arrivals to X Factor that someone who was able to win something in 2003 couldn't even get onto a live show. In 2006, a TV historian needs to write a book on that, I think. But some of them, it has to be said that outside of their failures on Simon Cowell-based reality shows, some of One True Voice have had some success. So Daniel Pierce has done the best. He has done lead vocals on tracks for Sigma, Sub Focus and The Chemical Brothers. And he's also done backing vocals for Basement Jacks, Dizzy Rascal and Willie Moon, who people may remember as the husband of Natalia Kills, both of whom had a massive x-factor meltdown which basically ruined their careers even being anywhere near a member of one true voice will ruin your chances on the x-factor they truly have the one true voice curse daniel it also should be noted this is a great little fact that he is now the lead singer of funk band shuffler which features ex-members of jamiroquai because why not it should also be noted that jamie was the only member of one true voice who didn't go for the x-factor and he had some success he was the support act for the backstreet boys in 2006 
in the UK. Quite what he's doing now, apart from seeming to have a quite nice life with his partner on Instagram, I couldn't say. But we wish the best to One True Voice. And we also wish the best to Love Inc. at 27 with Broken Bones. great great song not as good as their previous big hit you're a superstar but still a welcome addition to our spotify playlist of the best songs from the podcast so far which you can listen to spotify it's linked at the top of our twitter at 2000s chart show so you can follow from there and listen to some of the best songs from 2003 that we've discussed so far one song that's definitely on that list is our number 26 girls allowed's no good advice this is in its fifth week down from 17 and on the day that I'm recording this is the 20th anniversary release of Sound of the Underground. So a lot of pop gays on my Twitter celebrating that. My t-shirt came. It's a beautiful thing. People complaining that their vinyls haven't been dispatched. That's what you get from ordering vinyl. There's a nationwide shortage of it, okay? Look it up on Google. Everything's got a backlog. Your mistake. So hopefully by the time you're hearing this, your vinyls have arrived and you've checked out some of the B-sides from Sound of the Underground, some of which are on Spotify for the first time, very excitingly. And one of those that is on Spotify for the first time is the No Good Advice B-side on Around. And so instead of playing No Good Advice, which we've played for the last four weeks, here's a little taste of the B-side to that incredible Girls Aloud song. stuff there also worth checking out their cover of greece the lead song from greece which i think kind of cheesy but i think brilliant i really think one of their best b-sides and as we go along because girls allowed there is an argument they are one of the best b-sides artists of all time so we'll certainly talk about some of those as their chart run continues across this show so keep an ear for that but for now we're going to move on for the chart so at number 25 is mob scene by marilyn manson and then at number 24 down from 18 in its seventh week a former number one Tom Craft with Loneliness. So we're nearly at the halfway point, still to come. Songs from Darius Dinesh, remember him, Linkin Park, Amy Stutt, another remember her, Danny Minogue, Christina Aguilera, DJ Sammy, B2K and Jennifer Lopez. So quite some big names to come and some great songs. But first, a song that is in its third week in the chart. Is that number 23? The singer still has the best haircut of the 2000s, a crew cut with diagonal lines 
shaved through it. This is Abs with Stop Sign. Get ready with the mic, let's go My sound, abstract, cut the loop and bring the beat back Bounce to the hot new flavor Turn off the hot and on the system fader It ain't that I hate ya, but I don't wanna know Great stuff there I think it was a missed opportunity that he didn't do an album That was just him doing songs about all the various highway code signs I would love to see what he would make of the one of the man digging where he kind of he has a triangle spade that looks like an umbrella What's Abs' take on that? We'll never know One thing we do know, however, is that number 22 we have another new entry. This is AFI with Girls Not Grey. So the girl may not be grey, but is the song? Well, let's hear it and find out. That does seem a little grey, doesn't it? But we will still discuss AFI. That stands for A Fire Inside, which I don't know if it's just me, but makes me think of that Gaviscon ad from the 2000s where the person swallows the Gaviscon because there's like actual fire in their guts and then the Gaviscon becomes a fireman with a hose that like hoses Gaviscon on the fire and puts it out. Quick lads, this lady needs our help and fast. She's suffering from heartburn and needs Gaviscon. She can feel the cooling and soothing already. Not sure it works in an audio medium, but I'll put it on Twitter for you to look at. There is nothing more rock and roll than heartburn, so I can see why they decide to call themselves a fire inside. If there's one thing you're guaranteed to get from a rock and roll lifestyle, it's definitely heartburn. So moving on from the topic of acid reflux, let's talk about AFI. This is their only UK top 40. They would try three more times, but never successfully. One thing to note before we move on from them is that the lyrics of this song are completely absurd and have nothing to do with the title Girls Not Grey, which, quite like The Slut Who Loved Me, is absent from the lyrics entirely. Here's a little sample of AFI's Girls Not Grey. All insects sing tonight, the coldest sound, I'd send God's grace tonight, could it be found? Really feels that if you asked an AI to generate a completely meaningless set of lyrics, like it's not even weird in a weird way, it's like weird in the most normal way but completely meaningless. So that was a dull entry from AFI. Sorry to any AFI fans out there. Hopefully, though, the next song will improve... Oh no, it's Darius Dinesh with Girl in the Moon. Even through chains Rest and rain You pulled away the tide Girl in the moon At 21, this is a new entry for Darius. Ironic, I think, that that song is after the song Girls Not Grey, because if there is really a girl in the moon, then she probably is grey. So that may be a difference between them, but the lyrics are equally silly. Here's a little sample. Girl in the moon, I'm halfway there. Girl in the moon, I see you everywhere. Few notes on that. Oh, you're halfway there, are you, Darius Dinesh? 
So you're 192,000 kilometres in space. Are you Darius Dinesh? Don't think so. Either that or he's masturbating and he's halfway there. But that's not worth, not bad, doesn't bear thinking about. Also, the line, I see you everywhere. Well, if you see her everywhere, Darius Dinesh, she's not the girl in the moon, is she? She's the girl in the shops or the girl in the bingo or the girl in the puddle. She's the girl in the moon. If she's just in the moon, <sighs> sort it out. It, however, the lyrics may not be the greatest, but this song does hold the iconic place of being played on Hollyoaks when Darius played himself performing the song at the graduation ball at, I don't know, Hollyoaks High? I don't watch Hollyoaks. But when they had that that gay storyline in the 2000s, some of you out there know which one. Craig and John Paul, was that them? Yeah, very sexy. Uh, not unlike Darius himself, he was certainly a good-looking guy in his prime, but that is not how his career started. So let's give a brief overview of Darius. So he started life as basically the original joke contestant on singing competitions when he performed a very memorable performance of Baby One More Time on the original Pop Stars. My loneliness is killing me And I, I must confess I still believe, still believe In hindsight now, kind of overblown and he does have greasy hair which apparently was a crime in 2001 but compared to the depths of bad performances we've had since i think darius can be excused also he was probably like thanking his lucky stars that he didn't end up in hearsay because that thing kind of ended like a bin fire and he definitely had a bigger career than if he'd been in hearsay and this career came after he became hot and then funnily enough that made him a bankable proposition as a singer because the music industry is a hellhole and he auditioned the following year for pop idol and made it to the finals he came third behind the iconic gaff gates and will young and then, in a move that I actually have a lot of respect for, he decided not to sign with Simon Cowell, and instead he worked with Steve Lillywhite, a producer who worked with people like U2, Susan the Banshees, and Travis. And also, most importantly of all, he produced Frida from ABBA's debut album, so always have a place in my heart there. Let's say of these, though, his work with Travis is certainly the closest to what he ended up doing with Darius. Kind of middle in the road, good for mums pop rock. He hit number one with his first song, Colour Blind. Which I have to admit, I do have a soft spot for. He had a number of hits, including Girl on the Moon. And then he became a West End star, appearing in Chicago, Funny Girl and Guys and Dolls. He then appeared on Pop Star to Opera Star. So he was kind of a guy who had the kind of perfect career that a lot of reality singing star people would like. Not everyone can have the like massive like Little Mix style success, but there are a lot of people who go on these reality shows and just then solidly work in the West End in leading roles. And that's, you know, nothing to complain about. Make good money. You don't have people bothering you when you go to the shops. It's a good life. But it was, unfortunately, Darius Dinesh met a sad end. It was rumoured that he would appear on a Pop Idol reunion special because it would have been the 20th anniversary of the final, which I actually think would have been a great bit of TV. But then he died from an inhalation of chloroethane, which he was using to treat some neck pain after a particularly bad car accident. He'd had RIP to Darius Dinesh, Darius Campbell Dinesh, as his form name was. Honestly, he will forever have a place in UK chart history because he had a number one single and he told Simon Cowell to go fuck himself, which is a very important thing for people to do.
Let's move on to someone who can also definitely go fuck themselves. Here's 50 Cent. Because Junior Senior has left the chart, he has the longest running song on this week's chart. In its 14th week, hasn't even made it to the bottom half of the top 40 yet. And now following 50 Cent, here are two of my favourite songs from the UK Top 40, Hanging On. First, you'll hear Big Brothers at number 19. That's in its sixth week and down from 12 with Favourite Things. And then in its third week, still beating Melanie Seas on the horizon, down from 11, it's Emma Bunton, or just Emma, as she was known at this point, with Free Me. I'm certainly seduced by that. So mission accomplished, Emma Bunton. And that the soft, slinky sounds of Emma B lead us to our number 17 new entry. This is The Thrills with Big Sir. on top of the pops 20 years ago an irish band who sing about america now i have to make an admission about this song i know that a through line of this podcast has been me complaining about timid and meek and bland mid noughties indie but i have to say big sir does it for me i like i really like this song i know that makes me a massive hypocrite probably but i'm sorry i also why i'm admitting things i like run by snow patrol as well i think it's better than the the leona version I know that's like pop gay heresy, but it's true. So if you want to turn off this podcast now, I would totally understand. But in this era of Padam, and as I'm recording this, I'm hearing rumours that the song has made it to number nine and finally hit the top ten. But we are a few hours away from the official announcement. In this era of Padam, take a little bit of Kylie into your hearts and... My trespasses for liking Big Sir by The Thrills. And maybe give a listen to the whole song because maybe you'll realise that you like it as well. Also, it must be noted, this is very important, that The Thrills is Irish, indie, and not British, which is maybe the crucial difference that is why that song is good and touring breaks are bad. We can only speculate, and why we do that, this is number 16, down from five, 
second week on the chart, Electric Six with Gay Bar. is a, a call out based on that if you have started a nuclear war at a gay bar feel free to get in touch with us email at the 2000 chart shirt gmail.com we'd love to hear about the atom-based conflicts you have had at your local homosexual establishment i've had times when i've nearly started a nuclear war in a gay bar once someone was very rude about jerry halliwell but from the world of gay bars let's move to a very straight band at 15 another new entry linkin park with faint Turn your back like you always do Face away and pretend that I'm not But I'll be here cause you're all that I got I can't the way I did before Don't turn your back on me I won't be ignored Time won't take to damage anyone Don't turn your back on me I won't be ignored A little bit insecure, a little unconfident Faint, the second single from Linkin Park's second album, Meteora. In my opinion, a big step down from the first single for Meteora, Somewhere I Belong. But maybe there's probably people out there who like them. There are a lot of people who read Kerrang! as children and are now pop gays. I appreciate you. I'm glad that was your journey. It wasn't mine, but hopefully you got something out of Faint by Linkin Park. For those of you who are not so into the world of Linkin Park, you may be wondering, Linkin Park, real place? Question? Well, it was. It was Linkin Park in Santa Monica, but the band changed it to secure a domain name. So maybe the first band picking their name because they could get a URL. In many ways, that predicts the SEO hellscape we live in now, where every company has a stupid name because all the good URLs are taken. So every company has to be called like Flabunder rather than any real name that describes the business they provide. So that was a bit of an old man rant there. What can I say? I'm 30. It's approaching me. So more about my opinions on Linkin Park rather than my old man rants. There are some songs of Linkin Park's that I like. I think it's because it reminds me of hanging out with my cousins. And they would be like, oh, let's play some songs to each other. And they would play Linkin Park to me. And then I'd be like, oh, interesting. Here's Gwen Stefani. So I think they say is being gay, nature or nurture. And, you know, when, you, when you're six, year old, six years old and want to be lolly, I think there's only one, one answer to that. But I did enjoy what I heard of Linkin Park. I really like the song Crawling. In the end, these are great songs. But Faint didn't really do it for me until I went on the Wikipedia and read this following line. The success of this single and the success of Linkin Park's Numb Slash Encore mashup with Jay-Z, which I also don't like, by the way, led MTV to produce a mashup of Faint with Toxic by Britney Spears. That's more my kind of speed. Let's give that a listen. And of course, we're talking about 2003 here on the 2000s chart show. So we can't talk about Britney without bringing up Justin. And so it's very lucky that number 14, down from nine, in its fifth week in the charts are doing very well. Which is no surprise because I remember this song being literally everywhere in 2003. This is Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake. Right. So you pass to the left and you sail to the right. Don't be so quick to 
Talking of everywhere, that song, of course, produced by the Neptunes, Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo, who literally were everywhere in 2003. They, of course, did Khalees' record, most famously, but also Girlfriend by NSYNC, Hot In Here by Nelly, Work It Out by Beyonce, Boys by Britney Spears, Senorita by Justin Timberlake, Frontin by Pharrell Williams, of course, his own song. So a great year for them and a great year for Justin Timberlake. Wikipedia tells me that was only the 55th biggest selling single in the UK in 2003, but it feels like much more. Talking of biggest selling, our next song is from the woman who had the biggest selling album of the 1990s. Wasn't quite able to follow it up with her first album of the 2000s, Up. But this song is at 13 in its second week on the chart. Last week, we talked about the ridiculous Febreze tie-in that Shania Twain did with this song. Well worth listening to that because it's quite the story. But for now, let's hear the song Forever and For Always. I can stay right here forever in your arms And there ain't no way I'm letting you go now And there ain't no way And there ain't no how I'll never see that day Cause I'm keeping you Fun facts about Forever and For Always do not end. In December 2019, during the Shania Twain Let's Go residency in Las Vegas, that would be, by the way, what I would say to people if she started playing Forever and For Always. Um, let's go? Anyway, she said during this residency that a version of Forever and For Always had been recorded by Prince, and but that his version has never been released and is part of his private vault. Everyone at home, and I'm among you, is thinking, Prince and Shania Twain were friends? Seems yes, they were. She hasn't talked much about it, but apparently in 2008, around the time that she was divorcing her husband, Mutt Lang, who, of course, produced all of her early records, Prince rang her and asked if she wanted to make a breakup album with him. In an interview with Apple Music's Zane Lowe, the world's most sycophantic man, she said the reason she turned it down was because she hadn't fully got divorced yet, so it felt too fresh. She was also battling Lyme disease, which meant that she, quote, hadn't found her voice yet. And also because he said that she couldn't come to where he lived in Paisley Park if she was going to be swearing. This is the funny thing about Prince, isn't it? It's that he is at once the coolest guy in the entire world and also the lamest middle-aged mum who ever was. You know, he's, he made 1999 Let's Go Crazy cream. But also he's the guy who's like, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, you can't swear anywhere near me, and I'm best friends with Shania Twain and Rita Ora. We, as a society, have got nowhere near cracking the puzzle that was Prince, have we? But one is things for sure, we need to open the vault and hear his version of Forever and For Always. Speaking of incredible cover versions, of course, this is number 12, XTM and DJ Chucky featuring Anya with Fly on the Wings of Love. cover of the 2000s Eurovision winning single from the Olsen brothers. Not to be confused, of course, for the Olsen sisters, everyone's favourite smokers who dress in blankets. But the Olsen twins are style icons of the 2000s. 
And so too is our new entry at number 11, missing out on the top 10. Not good for Jennifer Lopez with I'm Glad. Disappointing placement for Jennifer Lopez at number 11. This breaks a run of top five singles that she's had since 2001 at this point. So Love Don't Cost a Thing, Play, Ain't It Funny, I'm Real, Ain't It Funny Again. That's the terrible remix of that song. I'm Gonna Be Alright, Jenny from the Block and All I Have all making the top five with All I Have, her most recent single, making number two. So I'm not sure what the British public didn't like about I'm Glad, but they have stopped it from reaching the top 10. There are some speculations I can make on why they might have been sick of it. First, she says that this song is the first song she's written that was explicitly about Ben Affleck. And although 2000s nostalgia maniacs are now obsessed with Benifer again, they have forgotten that actually we were kind of sick of it in 2003. This was when their movie Gigli bombed. I think everyone was kind of sick of the whole thing. So that may explain it. They also, it might be because smart pop gays knew that she was ripping off Jerry Halliwell again. That's right. So the video for I'm Glad sees Jennifer Lopez do a tribute to Flashdance, the 80s film of a welder turned dancer. I haven't seen Flashdance, but the idea that it's about a welder turned dancer, I find incredibly camp and very enjoyable. And in fact, before we talk about how Jerry did it first, there is the fact that this actually led to Jennifer Lopez getting sued by Paramount and that having her record label having to settle out of court for that Flashdance reference to an expensive one, an expensive mistake potentially that isn't going to help by the fact that this only got to number 11. But of course we remember, talking about Flashdance references, that Jerry Halliwell's video for It's Raining Men begins with a Flashdance kind of tribute, somewhere between Flashdance and fame. And that was in 2001, so that was two years ago. Jennifer Lopez, two years behind Jerry Halliwell, who would have thought it? And who would have thought that this is the second time that Jennifer Lopez have been behind the trend of Jerry Halliwell. Because this is going to sound like a joke, but this is actually true and you can look it up. The famous dress that Jennifer Lopez wore, the Versace green flowing dress that she wore with P. Diddy to the VMAs, the dress that people say is what led to Google Images being created because so many people were searching for images of that dress after the VMAs. Jerry Halliwell had actually worn it first. She'd worn it at an event a few months previously. So when they call it the Jennifer Lopez dress, we really mean the Jerry Halliwell dress. Jennifer Lopez, always in the shadow of Jerry Halliwell. So that means it's, of course, only a matter of time before Jennifer Lopez follows Jerry and marries a Formula One millionaire and becomes a massive Tory. Jennifer Lopez fans, she'll leave Benefer and marry Jensen Button. It's inevitable. This is Jennifer Lopez's failed attempt at continuing her top five streak. But certainly, I think this song deserved to be in the top five more than the aforementioned 2002 remix of Ain't It Funny, which takes quite a good Spanish-tinged flamenco song and turns it into an absolute dirge. Of course, I wouldn't, I couldn't be said to have done my pop due diligence if I hadn't had a look to see if there was any equally bad remixes of I'm Glad. There is a remix of I'm Glad done by the UK's Big Brothers. They, of course, of Favourite Things, which you heard earlier. Now, I have saved myself from listening to this, so I'm going to listen live with you, and we're going to see what Big Brothers could do to I'm Glad. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 
when we first met Just like magic, it caught my eye So stunning, so beautiful, I lost my mind I was heaven sent to tell you that you one of a kind Like a priceless gemstone, you have to be mine Yo, I know I make you happy, you know it's not the Versace Louis Vuitton how I'll just say at this point, there's absolutely no way that Big Brothers and Jennifer Lopez ever met each other, right? Even though both artists that names end in Z, which is quite a small group, so you thought they would have. Anyway, just a thought. Let's continue and listen. I do things to your body. I know you love me, mommy, because I make you feel special. Together we shine like the bling and the ice vessel. I'm so grateful. I'm glad that you're so faithful. Cupid hit the bullseye when he aimed at you. If it's love, then it's love. If it's real, then it's real. Jenny, tell me how you feel. Sing for me, mommy. Baby, when I think about the day that we first met, the day that we first met. Okay, so it's just one guy from Big Brothers rapping. Like they haven't really done that much to it. Let's see if the Booty Love members of Big Brothers, the ones who would eventually join Booty Love, will make an appearance. Fingers crossed. You know It seems that Queen of the prominent backing singers, let's just say that about J-Lo, you can look up the questions about who sings what on Jennifer Lopez records for yourself, has, of course, only let the girls from Booty Love sing backing vocals on I'm Glad There. Never changed Jennifer Lopez. Ian Eddy, in another three guitar review, what is it with this guy? So hard to please. He says, the babe with the big booty returns. Gross. Phew, the boys in SH Towers have only just recovered after seeing the video to Jennifer's latest single. It's a decent up-tempo R&B ballad, all gooey and lovey-dovey. Thanks a lot, Mr. Affleck. There go our chances. I don't need laddie heterosexuality in my smash hits. Thank you very much, Ian Eddy. I think the fact that smash hits' male writers seem to be into women explains why the magazine had to fold. In a nutshell there, the seeds to smash hits' destruction being sown in real time. And yet another example of men being misogynist and pervy. 2003 not looking great on this podcast, but let's hope that our next new entry at number 10 can redeem this year. Let's hear it now. B2K with Girlfriend. B2K did have some of the best names of any boy band members of the 2003. If you didn't know, B2K, which stands for Boys of the New Millennium, kind of, if you think about it. <laughs> B, two boys, 2K. Yeah, it doesn't really work. But what does work is their names, which are Lil Fizz, J Boog, Raz B, and Omerian. Certainly beats Anton, Matt, Keith, Daniel, and Jamie, doesn't it? B2K, 2003, a big year for them. Their song Bump, Bump, Bump was a big hit earlier in the year. And in 2003, they also won the Kids' Choice Award for Favourite Singing Group. They beat Destiny's Child and NSYNC which is quite the coup, and also the Baja Men, the singers of Who Let the Dogs Out. Fascinating that, to think of Destiny's Child and Baja Men on the same level there. But unfortunately, B2K did lose in 2004. They were beaten by Outkast, and they were nominated alongside Good Charlotte and No Doubt, which is quite a puzzling selection of people. How did B2K beat Destiny's Child and NSYNC? You may think to yourself. I'm not saying that the kids' choice is a racket where awards can be bought, but there was clearly some money behind B2K because 
in the video for Girlfriend, Will Smith just makes a random appearance. And this is at like the height of his box office powers. So quite how they pulled that, apart from with a big sack of cash. I'm not sure. Another fun fact about Girlfriend, this is one of five songs called Girlfriend to make the top ten. aka Billy Piper, got to number one in 98. Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne, number two in 2007. Girlfriend by NSYNC, the people who lost that Kids' Choice Award to B2K, got to number two. Pebbles got to number eight with a song called Girlfriend in 1988. At time of recording, I haven't heard Pebbles' Girlfriend yet, but I would say B2K's Girlfriend, for me, is the worst of the ones I've heard. And maybe I will insert here a future Sam insert after I've listened to Pebbles, where I can tell you what I think about that. Yep, I've listened to them all now. B2K still the worst. Goodbye from the future. B2K takes us into the top 10 and time to look at what is still to come. We have songs from Amy Stutt. She had her first hit, Just a Little Girl. She's already beaten that. That got to number 14 previously. So she's already got her highest chart placement so far with her song Misfit. But how far up the chart will she go? There's also DJ Sammy. His first two songs, Heaven and Boys of Summer, have made number one and number two. So he will be hoping to match those with his song Sunlight. Also, Fighting. That was a pun. You'll see why in a minute. For that top spot is Christina Aguilera with Fighter. Very glad this is the first time we'll be talking about Christina Aguilera. And I think with her maybe best song she ever did. So very excited to see where she gets. And then of course, last week's number one was Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. So we can see whether that's been able to hold on to its number one spot against those big rivals. But first, let's see what is at number nine. And it is S Club with Say Goodbye and Love Ain't Gonna Wait For You. Sometimes love that micro genre of last songs by a pop band that are about saying goodbye more people should make a kind of meta commentary about saying goodbye to their careers with their final single so we will now say goodbye to s club and hello to dj sammy a new entry at number eight classic case here of a dance act who has kind of one or two big hits and then just kind of cannot match the furiosity of heaven or the boys of summer a kind of alice dj fragma dilemma when you have a few incredibly strong singles and then you just can't match it with your follow-ups but this is the penultimate dj sammy song in the chart so he will have one more chance to get a big hit the vocals you heard incidentally are from Luna, a Dutch singer who has had two number ones in Germany. Good for her, I guess, but in balance, sunlight is more sunshite than sunlight. Thank you very much. 
So that might be sunshine, but this next song will get you in that summer feeling if you consider summer to be a place in which you're constantly sweaty and weirdly aroused. That's right. Who else? But number seven, Sean Paul, Get Busy. Sean Paul there, his third week at number seven, so sticking fast. You could almost say sticking like glue, if you know what I mean, and you know what Sean Paul songs are to come. Little chart joke for you there. Number six, one of my favourite songs, probably my, so my second favourite of the new entries, because I think Fighter by Christina Aguilera pips it. But certainly, if you'd asked me in 2003 who were going to be the biggest icons of the 2000s, I would have said, oh, Amy Starr has got what it takes to go all the way. And hopefully when we play number six is Misfit, you'll hear a little bit of why. She's Avril Lavigne without even that tiny iota of edge that Avril Lavigne had there. But I lapped it up, of course. I was a little suburban gay boy who actually didn't really know what attitude was. So I loved Amy Starr. I also love her, all four of her singles. So Just a Little Girl, which had preceded Misfit. And then Under the Thumb, which I think deserves to be an absolutely huge karaoke power ballad song. And then her cover of Sheryl Crow's All I Want to Do. But it's a kind of sad story of Amy Stutt. After those four singles, those kind of diminishing returns, this song got to number six. Then I believe Under the Thumb got to number 10. And then All I Want to Do got to number 21, I think. So after four songs, she was dropped by her record label, but she hadn't even turned 18 yet. So she wasn't even an adult and her singing career was basically over. So that's pretty tragic. And then she kind of had a difficult few years. She moved to New York, I believe, and had a nervous breakdown at 22 and then was diagnosed with rapid cycling bipolar disorder and non-associative anxiety disorder, along with other physical illnesses, which took a lot of her 20s. So she had free hospitalizations and she was recovering from addiction all through that time. Very sad, but I hope that Amy starts going okay and that she feels ready to tour again because I'd absolutely love to see her. I think she is a, there was a prompt on Twitter recently about who you would love to see at Mighty Hoopla. And certainly she is top of my list. I think all of us kind of sensitive suburban gay boys would love to see her and kind of pay, show our love for her and show us how much we loved her. I'm definitely starting a campaign from today to get Amy Studd to do a little Mighty Hoopla gig. Also, I might, I might be totally crazy and alone for this, but a band that I think would be doing an amazing Hoopla headline set is The Cause. Anyone else agree with me there? I know that Jim Cause, I think, maybe a homophobe, but we don't need Jim Cause to play the bass. We'll just have the beautiful Cause girlies. Welcome to the beautiful world beautiful. of the beautiful Cause. Play all of their big songs on a sunny Saturday. That sounds pretty amazing. But we're not talking about the cause. We're talking about Amy Stutt. And although I love her, I want to make it very clear, I love her and I wish her well on her journey. But I have to admit, I did laugh a little bit when 
her Wikipedia and had her on a list of people with chronic fatigue syndrome. And it's quite the weird combination of celebrities. Also, who made that list? Who has been collecting celebrities across time with chronic fatigue syndrome? I'm not sure, but standing alongside Amy Stutt on this list are Florence Nightingale, who for some reason is filed under C, not sure why, uh, Cher and Stuart and Murdoch from the band Bell and Sebastian, so quite odd company. But I love Amy Stutt and this song Misfit, and so too, of course, does my queen Serena Lacey from Smash Hits. In a four-guitar review, she calls her the British Avril and says, Amy Stutt isn't your average 17-year-old. She doesn't flick her hair. Is that a thing that just 17-year-olds do? She doesn't want to fit in, and that's the way she likes it. This is an attitude-packed, punky pop with a nod-along chorus. The stand-up-and-be-proud anthem makes you think, hey, maybe it's cool to be different. And this actually is her vicious last line. And it is, except Avril's already made that same statement a year ago. Harsh, maybe fair, but I think Misfit is up there with the best Avril singles. And I'll forgive you, Serena, for that vicious shade. You're just trying to make a good engaging magazine. While the gross men of Smash Hits were like in a cartoon where someone sees a sexy rabbit and their tongue just pops out and like turns into steps and hits the floor. That's all what all the men in Smash Hits were doing for the Jennifer Lopez video. So you had to hold down the fort and bring sassy copy. And I appreciate that. And so Amy Stutt at six brings us to the top five. Who's fighting out for those positions in the top five? We have new singles from Christina Aguilera and Danny Minogue. And from last week's chart, we have Buster Rhymes, Evanescence and R. Kelly. But which of those will be at number five? Fingers crossed R. Kelly? No, unfortunately not. It is Danny Minogue with Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. This is the original album version of Don't Wanna Lose This Feeling. Don't worry. We know about the remix and next week we will play it and we will talk about it. But this time we are going to talk about Danny Minogue and I got to talk with Danny Minogue. How this happened. In my day job, I write articles for BBC Three, the channel, kind of expanding the world of their tv shows and so danny minogue currently hosting the very good if you're not watching gay dating show i kissed a boy which meant that i got to spend a lovely 20 minutes on zoom talking to danny minogue i was determined to be the first interviewer to not ask her about her sister so i didn't do that and then she just brought it up herself so shouldn't have bothered but that's fine we will play bits and pieces from that interview over the next few episodes but Of course, we have to start with the most important question. Danny Minogue, why are you such a gay icon? I think you notice you're a part of the fabric when people come up and start recounting stories. You know, I I met my partner, your song was playing in the club. We played your song at our wedding. This album is the soundtrack to, to me getting through very difficult times, trying to navigate, you know, my personality, family, whatever it might be. So when you start to accumulate these stories, and I find music is, it's such a crazy thing how it just captures all, all of those memories for people. You hear one song and it just it takes you right back. So I think that was, you know, the music was an amazing connection. And then, I don't know, just spending time over the years being involved with people and in the community and the charities and stuff. I don't think there's that one moment you go, hey, I've arrived. <laughs> but 
there's just a, a bit of a knowing that you're yeah part definitely accepted and part of the community i wonder speaking as a gay icon what do you think makes a gay icon i look at other people and i think they're gay icons i look at Cher and i look at dolly parton and i look at my sister and you never get up and you don't I don't know. You don't think about yourself like that. And I've heard, I've heard Cher say that. She's like, you don't wake up thinking, oh, I'm a gay icon. What does it take? I think, you know, we all click on this love of great pop music and we're willing to stand up for other people and to challenge perceptions. I think that's probably a great starting point. And it's a lot more than that. And, you know, it could be the, the maquillage and the outfits and, and, uh, and all of that as well. But um, that's a good starting point. You may not think of yourself as a gay icon, Danny, but we do, definitely. And we've got two big gay icons to come. Christina Aguilera and Mariah Carey. And also Amy Lee from Evanescence, which someone somewhere probably stands some little goth gay. And as someone who dated goths almost exclusively until I was about 22, if you are an Amy Lee Stan, uh, slide into the podcast DMs, why don't you? Uh, why wait for you to do that? The tumbleweed sound is deafening. This is our number four. It managed to hold on to number three for two weeks, but now it's slid down to number four. This is Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey's I know what you want. In a passionate way, love the way you touch it, a little elaborate ways. Got the guard feeling released to relax for the day it's on you, Baby, mom. If you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want. You know I got it, baby. If you give it to me, I'll give it to you. As long as you want, you know I got it. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want. Little very nerdy chart fact following on from Buster Rhymes. This chart is a little reunion for the Flip Mode Squad, the hip hop collective formed by Buster Rhymes in the early 2000s, because also featuring in this chart is Ra Digger, who was a member of the Flip Mode Squad alongside Buster, and of course is the featured artist on Jamelia's Bout, which we heard a little bit earlier. Nice. I don't know if other people like these little chart coincidences, but I love them. We have three songs left. We have Christina Aguilera, Evanescence, R. Kelly. Does Christina Aguilera's fighter have what it takes to be another number one? She's really going to hope so, because she's just had three number ones in a row, with Lady Marmalade in 2001 and Dirty in 2002 and then beautiful in 2003 in february so she's just not going to want to break that chart run especially because looking ahead there's n- if fighter doesn't make it there's no more number ones to come so she's going to hope try and hope for that last one although ain't no other man did make it to number two as did uh, 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 moves like jagger uh, uh. maybe if if hell is listening to your least favorite songs on a loop then there's certainly i'm going to spend eternity in a room listening to moves like jagger i think But all of that is not to criticise Fighter, which, I'm sorry guys, is at number three. Wasn't able to topple Evanescence or R. Kelly, which is a shame because this kind of rockier side of Christina I really love. And also this has got this amazing video in which, actually, weirdly, Christina Aguilera is like Amy Lee from Evanescence on steroids. Just massive black billowing dresses, white skin. It's like Madonna in the Frozen video had a goth baby. It's incredible. It was still incredible when Girls Aloud ripped it off a few years later for the sexy No 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 video. It was all over the box and MTV hits at the time, but clearly it wasn't enough to topple the top two this week.
But it does mean that we can finally talk about the Smash Hits cover story with Christina Aguilera, in which she swears that she's a normal girl while looking like Wednesday Adams. And actually, surprisingly, you kind of think of Smash Hits interviews as quite light. They're famous for the biscuit barrel in which they you artists would have to draw questions out of a hat and they were like, well, a biscuit barrel. And they were kind of questions like, you know, if you were a biscuit, what biscuit would you be? But they managed to get some good questions in here with this profile. So starting as they mean to go on, people call you a bad girl. So what's the real Xtina like? She says, I'm a tough cookie at times, but I can be sweet. There are a lot of rumours about me being a diva and throwing tantrums, but I'm just a normal girl. Thing is, Christina, they didn't actually ask you whether you're a diva. So the fact that you just brought that up a propos of nothing makes me think that you are probably a diva, actually. So it's the opposite of what you intended. And then the next question, do you think you're beautiful? Punning on the title of beautiful, of course. She says, oh, those questions make me shy. Not all the time. I guess when I look in the mirror, I see myself, a girl who's more comfortable in her skin than she's ever been before. It's fun to dress up, but I don't like doing the whole Barbie doll look. I like scars and I like my nails to be messed up. I have to give particular appreciation here to the person who laid out the Christina Aguilera interview on the page because they have put that directly to the left. So there's a big picture of Christina Aguilera that takes up the whole page and this is at the bottom of it, which means it lines up exactly to her perfectly manicured nails. So I don't know what they're suggesting here, but I think that's an interesting comparison that they're making, which I really like. And this is not an old man rant again, but this is what you can get in magazines that you don't get from news websites is beautiful layouts. Okay, I'll move on and just say that some things I learned in this interview, I can't unlearn, like the fact that she was 22 at this time in which she was releasing Dirty and Beautiful and Fighter. That moment that you get when you realise you're older than every single pop star that you liked when you were a child hits like a ton of bricks and certainly I feel crushed under that news but I will be able to recover and read you some of the other pieces of this interview so another question so tell us what's the story with you and Kelly Osbourne a feud I'd completely forgotten about it just seemed that Kelly Osbourne her favorite thing was just to slag off other artists you know an unkind person would say that it's because she was insecure about her own talent although I will forever go to gun for her cover of Papa Don't Preach. So I am not with her on that one. And of course, she released One Word, one of the great underappreciated singles of the noughties. But back to her feud with Christina. Ex-Tina says, She must have a crush on me or something because every five minutes she's saying something about me. I did see her at a club and said, Look, what is your problem with me? But she totally had nothing to say. She was just like, Oh, it's really my mother. But I've seen her on TV saying stuff about me. I just don't have time for stuff like that. She wasn't willing to back up her words. She said, square brackets, adopts English accent. You've got balls coming up to me. A lot of people are afraid. They weird me as a British person doing an impression of an American person doing a British person. Not sure I pulled it off. Need more about this Christina Aguilera, Kelly Osbourne feud. So we'll definitely get into that in coming episodes. But some more questions. This is another question that leads on the side of maybe a diva. What do your mates call you? Chris? Question mark. Tina? Question mark. She says, I hate being called Chris and no one calls me Tina. My stylist calls me Lil Bit. I'm not sure I really like that one. Yeah, she's definitely demanding people call her Christina and if they don't, she's firing them, isn't she? Almost certainly. And then here's where the the real question, they've done the silly fun questions and that, that means they're able to get an absolute killer blow with this question. Do you have many friends other than who you work with? That's real. She says, not a whole lot. I have two really good friends from back home in Pittsburgh that are down to earth. I like to keep things real. I have a couple of friends here in LA, but they're all people I know through the music business. Poor, lonely 22-year-old Christina. And if you didn't already feel sorry enough for her, I'm going to have to reignite my feud with Ian Eddy because he gave this song three guitars out of five. He's supposed to be like the guy who likes rock. And if he can't appreciate Fighter by Christina Aguilera, then he needs to take his foot out of his ears. Yeah, take that, Ian. 
So he said, it's not beautiful or even dirty. Just when everyone thought Christina was back on form, she releases Fighter. It's not like her past two hits. It sounds like something that was in fashion during the early 90s. She even steals the melody of Dirty's chorus. Not bad then, but not her most original track either. The early 90s was like all rave tracks, Ian. And like, you know, I've in my own time, because I'm like a chart maniac, I've been listening to the charts of the early 90s. And they are all like dodgy rave tracks and earnest singer-songwriter so i don't know what he's talking about the blood feud is back on i can't have it with that this song is a five guitars out of five classic that deserves to be higher than number three and yet number three it is so that leaves us with two songs as a continued challenge to myself i'm going to try and in 60 seconds give you the entire top 40 so far and then when we say number two we will know who is at number one either evanescence or r kelly has snaked his way up back to number one hopefully not but these things do happen so 60 seconds on the clock last time i think i was about 40 seconds over so i'll try and do better this time the entire top 40 hopefully in 60 seconds starts now 40 lately lisa scott lee 39 women ashley hamilton 38 all you ever do violent delight 37 bout jamelia 36 not gonna get us tattoo 35 rise and fall craig david 34 girls and boys good charlotte 33 take your shoes off cheeky girls 32 at the end io 31 so cinderella lesson at lemonescent 30 it's gonna give it to you dmx 29 on the horizon melanie c 28 shakespeare's away with words one true voice 27 broken bones love inc 26 no good advice girls allowed 25 mob scene marilyn manson 24 loneliness tom craft 23 stop sign abs 22 girls not gray afi 21 girl on the moon darius 20 in the club 50 cent 19 favorite things big brothers 18 free me emma 17 big surf thrills 16 gay bar electric six 15 faint lincoln park 14 Rock Your Body, Justin Timberlake. 13, Forever and For Wish, Nia Twain. 12, Fly on the Wings of Love, XTM. 11, I'm Glad, Jennifer Lopez. 10, Girlfriend, B2K. 9, Say Goodbye, Love, I'm Gonna Wait For You, S Club. 8, Sunlight, DJ Sammy. 7, Get Busy, Sean Paul. 6, Misfit, Amy Studd. 5, Don't Want to Lose Danny Minogue. 4, Know What You Want, Plus Rise and Mariah Carey. 3, Fighter, Christina Aguilera. And a 2, Mission Remix by R. Kelly. 60 seconds exactly there. I did cheat and not say which were the new entries, but one minute of pop perfection and what they called violent delight disgusting that means yes r kelly is at number two with ignition remix which means we have number one is evanescence bring me to life continuing the unofficial theme of this episode and for once it's not the war in iraq but equally bad the theme is sexism yay because bring me to life came to being because the record label basically decided that a woman could not front a rock song on her own. Which is ridiculous because had they heard Fighter by Christina Aguilera? Obviously not. Amy Lee has said she disliked the song Bring Me To Life because the label forced her to add the male rapping vocal to make it marketable or the song and the album would not be released. During the interview, Lee said, It was presented to me as, You're a girl singing in a rock band. There's nothing else like that out there. Nobody's going to listen to you. You need a guy to come in and sing back up for it to be successful. I want to be like that guy is a disgusting chauvinist. But there is also the fact that Evanescence would never match the success of Bring Me To Life. So it may be that it isn't just the record industry that's incredibly sexist. It's all of you out there who stopped going under by Evanescence, which in my view is a better song for matching Bring Me To Life. So why you sit in that and think about what you've done, we will say goodbye to the podcast for another week. No, we love you. I'm sure you are all totally... You're not those misogynist gays. You're not the toxic in the gay community, I hope. And any women out there, I hope you're not hating on other women. And we also appreciate you women. I say, I joke that this is a show for gay men, but what are our gay, what are gay men without straight women, ultimately? Hateful. 
is the answer. So hopefully you've enjoyed what you've listened to. And if you have, and I know, I didn't even record it in my echoey bathtub this time. Incredible. You can follow us on Twitter at the 2000s Chart Show for show notes and other fun stuff from the 2000s. On Instagram, we are at, so Twitter, at 2000s Chart Show. And at Instagram, at the 2000s Chart Show for a visual guide to things we're only talking about in the audio medium here. Email us, fan mail, recommendations, salacious stories, whatever, at the2000schartshow at gmail.com. And keep listening, keep celebrating the noughties. Here is our number one for the week, Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. Goodbye for another week and see you soon, pop lovers. (laughs) 